0: Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm Madeline, and we're Dragon Babies. Dragon Babies! We reread our favorite YA fantasy classics and discuss why they may be even better for adults. Indeed. This week, Wolf Tower by Tanith Lee. Yeah. This book was published in 1998, and oh. it is the first in a series called the Clady Journals. Um, pronunciation disclaimer up front. There isn't an audiobook for this, as far as we can tell. We, have we don't no know idea about any of the pronunciations, but we're doing our best. I found this like really
1: sketchy site when I was googling around, being like, "Give us all your information, and you can download this audiobook." And I was like,
0: "No, mm, I don't think so." <laughs> also of note, um, I know we have a lot of listeners across the pond, but the non-US title is "Law of the Wolf Tower." For whatever reason what? law of the wolf tower was too much for american audiences oh is tanith lee british yes or oh so that's the actual title yes
1: weird Okay. Well, but, Americans, we got really short attention spans. Like, <laughs> I know.
0: Cut some words out of there or it's never going to happen. This book was a listener request from Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. If anyone would like to make a request of their own, you can get in touch with us at dragonbabiespodcast at gmail.com. Also, this happened to kind of magically coincide with Me seeing this cover on Goodreads and having one of those floods of book memories that come at all too rare moments. (laughs) Like in Breath of the Wild. Exactly. Like (sighs) the Lost Memories in Breath of the Wild game, which we managed to somehow mention, I think, every episode. Yes. If not Breath of the Wild, at least
1: Legend of Zelda.
0: So... Before we dive in, we're going to describe how the publisher chose to package and promote our edition, which we do not have anymore. Um, I could not find this book at the Seattle Public Library. You've let us down. Or at our mom's house, (laughs) which is our other go-to. other repository for (laughs) books. And so I'm going to describe the cover and we'll put a an image of it up on our website. Who knows what we're going to do on social media for this episode. I'll probably draw another picture. (laughs) Please do.
1: I love this cover.
0: But yeah, this cover is one that I think is just like incredibly compelling. It's so magical. It is a, you know, it's an image of Clady, the protagonist. So we already have like, okay, check box number one for a young female reader. There's a young girl on the front. Then checkbox number two, she's holding a book and she looks very pensive about it. And checkbox number three, she has an intricate, fascinating black garment. On. Ugh, I love her dress. Checkbox number four, there's a mysterious city in the distance behind her. It's all so good. And I know that others have commented on the fact that this was one of their favorite covers when it's, they were younger. It's an amazing cover. Um, it's it's really
1: something. This is definitely the reason that I picked this book up in Borders oh, yeah. one day and was like, will you buy
0: me this one, Mom? 100%. <laughs> There's such a winsome look on her face. Um, and just overall, the colors are really interesting. I like the design along the um, spine of the book, too. Yeah. Um, and there's such a sense of adventure, but also danger and it has everything I could want. So publishers take note. Uh, this is the style of fantasy cover that modern YA fantasy has moved away from and I miss it. Um, everything is so slick and computer put together. Yeah. And more, um, I mean, more minimal in some ways, in that they're not going to literally have an image of the protagonist in a scene from the book. Instead, it's going to be like, you know, a blown up, like, horse eye with a lot of designs around it and some kind of, yeah, gold coin border. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Look at all of the republished Tamara Pierce editions, and you can have an immediate picture. Um, I just think it's like a lot less engaging I miss this super yeah and it's so realistic representation wrote. it's mm-hmm. so
1: like uniform versus like a cover like this it it is very it speaks to what's in the book
0: and I like that you know yeah. maybe call me simple but I want to see on the cover a scene from the book I'm about to read yep And that's that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Clady looks uh, just so wonderful here. And truly, her biggest relationship in the book is between her and her diary. So (laughs) I'm glad that it gets featured. Yeah. And I just, it's one of those covers that
1: for me was super compelling because it really would like go into that RPG element of fantasy, which has always been important for me, continues to be like, I wanted to be her like I want it I wanted to be her like facing all these mm-hmm. adventures looking
0: like that mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally yeah um even though she's kind of getting pooped on again and again throughout the story but but, but she, she also, hangs, things and she figures out yeah. what she needs to do yeah going from an incredibly isolated and restricted environment to exploring the world without a friendly face by her side for Mm -hmm. a lot of it. Um, Clady really kills it. Yeah. So before we uh, go forward, we will mention that we thoroughly spoil every book that we cover. So if you haven't read this before or haven't revisited it in a while, go check it out. It is a fast read and a fun one. So I highly recommend it. Madeline, would you like to break down the plot for us? Yes, I would. So, this book
1: starts in it's it's kind of it is a sort of post-apocalyptic dystopian type tale. Um opens in the garden which is a city world like all encompassing um city where the inhabitants are for the most part extremely ignorant they think that this is like the only city in the world or at least the only civilized place yeah. the and house is
0: what they most the house it. yeah
1: um and that outside of this is just the waste which is this endless desert they can barely even see the waste from within um the gardener the house like they can Clady mentions at one point that if she climbs the tallest tower she can see like something shimmering beyond the wall so they they it's literally sort of a Plato's cave situation yeah yeah they don't leave mm-hmm. they don't leave and um Clady is basically i mean she's a servant/slave slash slave. she's serving a noble lady in the house and she has no prospects or alternatives or anything um the noble lady is awful Uh, She beats her servants all the time. She's like a really spoiled brat with no redeeming qualities. Yeah, like an adult baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, Disturbing. mm -hmm. And the uh, society in this place is very ritual-based, so they're always, like, running around to do these rituals, which I really like as a commentary on, like, just, like, random trash things to fill time that don't actually have any meaning.
0: The pointlessness of religion. Mm -hmm. There's so much fascinating Mm -hmm. commentary on religious traditions throughout this book. Definitely. Go
1: ahead. Um, and, uh, Clady finds this book, uh, she steals it from her lady, I think, but it's okay. The lady has lots of them and she starts writing in it. And I love at the beginning, it just starts out with her writing entire injuries that are just like, blah, like I'm bored. Nothing's happening. <laughs> and then uh, suddenly a, uh, dirigible of some kind, uh, <laughs> A balloon. A balloon. Yeah. It floats over the garden during a ritual, and it is promptly shot down by the security forces. There's mayhem everywhere. Uh, and so there's only one guy that either they managed to save from the balloon or that was in the balloon. They drag him into the Great Hall for an audience, and his name is Nemian. And uh, he is hot, like, conventionally. Clady is, like, whoa. Golden hair. Hotness. And uh, during this audience, uh, there are both the lords that he's talking to as well as the... Um, what's what's the name of them? The circle of, like, the eldest women who are, um, like, very important. I think they,
0: don't they call them the old ones? Or they- Okay.
1: So, something like that. And Lady... Um, Oh, I want to say Tiger Lady, but I know that's not it. She she has a longer name that starts with Princess
0: a T. Princess Jasmineia Tiger. Yes, Tigress. Tiger. Um, it t- 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 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's <rainy>. a language.
1: It. <laughs> um, during the ceremony, she's supposed to be like 150 years old. During the ceremony, 130, 130. Nemean presents her with a single red flower, and then she's like, "Hmm." And then Nemean sits down on the floor and goes to sleep. <laughs> Falls asleep. Yeah,
0: Nemean. <laughs> Which, what, I mean, what a character. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's such a nightmare overall. But that moment is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um,
1: so late later, um, the old one, Lady Gisania. Jiz- Princess Chazania, she calls uh, Clady to her chambers shortly after. While Nemean is being held in prison, they're probably going to kill him. And she's like, hey, Clady, um, you should steal my keys and free him and go with him. Like, you don't have any prospects here. Just get out of Dodge. And Clady's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she does it. She does it. She takes um, Princess Jasenia's keys. And Princess Jasenia told her, she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll just tell him that I fell asleep and that you jacked me. And then, like, whatever. Claudia's like, okay. So she does it. She frees Niemian. Um, Nemean is already just kind of a jerk to her when she frees him. And they escape through the dungeons into the Waste. And then their Waste adventures start, which are... Wow. All over the place. Yeah. Um, Nemean is pretty useless. He's both useless and also acts like he's the only one that's like valuable of their duo. It's but it's a rare combination. Yeah. Yeah. And Clady's like actually doing a really good job. Remember, she has had no experiences in her life. She's around 16 and a half years old um, prior to this point, except being trapped in this city that was her entire world Mm -hmm. and now she's out in the waste and Nemean's like I don't I don't have any water why didn't you bring water
0: (laughs) why did I drink all the water
1: Uh, yeah yeah um so they're wandering around they get in a dust storm um there's very little information given to Clady about where they're actually going but she feels that she must go with Nemean because she freed him um and she's says like she, she thinks she's in love with him um uh they get to a sheeper village um who i love the way they talk the sheepers are super charming they call her uh clady ba, clady ba. and uh, while they're with the sheepers they meet these quote-unquote bandits so that's what clady calls them but these these people are more like um roma coded i think yeah um they're called the holta They're like a nomadic traveling people that seem to uh, have kind of figured this life thing out because they're having a great time.
0: Yeah. And they're doing better in the waste than it seems like the established cities. Mm -hmm, Yeah. The denizens of the established cities.
1: Mm -hmm. So they meet them at the Sheeper village and Clady is afraid of them. She thinks they're bandits. She thinks they're going to rob her. Um, She sasses them. Argul is that the name Mm -hmm. of the lead bandit? Yeah. Yeah. is around 18, so he's close to her age. And when they're like fleeing from the Sheeper village because those quote-unquote bandits were there, um, that's when they actually meet with them. Argul looks at a a trinket that he has, and then his friend whoops. And uh, uh, then Clady and Nemean run away with the Sheeper guide. The (laughs) Sheeper guide takes them to this uh, feather village where it seems that the people uh, don't worship... Like their lives don't revolve around sheep, rather, they revolve around um, uh, bird the god worship. concept warship. of being a bird. It's yeah. Kind of hard to yeah. You don't I, spend a lot of time with them. No, their village is a bummer and a uh, um, trash heap. Yeah. And it culminates Niemian's just like hanging out with their disgusting leader and not telling Clady anything as usual. And then Niemian's like, Clady, we're going to be part of like some kind of cool ceremony. It's going to be great. And uh, they put like a dress made of feathers on Clady. And she realizes pretty quickly that they're going to throw her off a cliff. (laughs) It looks so kind of. Worshipping, yeah, the concept of flight. Mm -hmm. Um, And she and Nimi and are saved by the Holta people. And uh, um, it's great because otherwise Clady would have died. So then they are traveling for a time with the Holta people. They go to Pashamba, which is a really, really interesting city um, where it is all... The piece is kept by these clockwork statues who just appear anytime there's a conflict and they just shout at people, saying like "Are you at peace?" until everyone stops having a conflict and then they leave again,
0: which seems to be pretty effective. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, from what we can see. Yeah. So and the, and it's and, like a cool hub for travelers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked what, really what cool. it represented because at first it felt like it was going to be sort of like a gilded cage that isn't accessible to other people. Yeah, but. but it's it's very accessible. Yeah. All you have to say Thriving is Thriving like, trade city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All you have to say is like, yep, I'm not going to hurt
1: anyone. And they're like, do no harm in Pashamba and Pashamba we'll will do, do no, no harm to harm you. Too. I know.
0: I can get yeah. behind that.
1: Yeah. While they are in Pashamba, um, that's the point at which Clady kind of realizes that she has actually fallen in love with our ghoul. Um, And uh, Nemean this whole time hasn't really been there. He like, is like... Smooching on this holta girl, um, and all the Hulta are just kind of like, Clady, this this guy's a loser. You don't need this guy. Yeah. Um, they participate in like this really exciting dance festival in Pashamba, uh, and Argul asks Clady to stay with him um, and just like stay with the Hulta, and Clady really wants to. And then the next morning,
0: Damien shows up and is like, "Don't leave me." Claydie. It's actually that night he comes to her room and is like, "No, have I lost you? I couldn't lose you. I would yeah. die." And I do, I do want to be explicit that Clady, sh-
1: she does not really still think she's in love with him. No. Rather, she's like, "Okay, all I've ever known in my life is the house." And then I escaped with this dude. He had a plan from the beginning to take me somewhere with him. Mm -hmm. I don't I feel like I should have some consistency in my life and see this one through rather than flitting to the Hulta now because she feels like then she'll just be flitting from place to place for her whole
0: life. Like the flaky, useless royals that she lived with Mm -hmm. in the house. And instead she wants to have loyalty. Yes. Yeah. So I I see where she's coming from Mm -hmm. there. Um, she goes, See your thing through. Yeah,
1: yeah, but...
0: Make it to Oregon. Yes. Don't settle in First Salt, Lake Salt Lake City. City. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Deep family cut. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Please let us know if you understood that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be tickled. Um, so she
1: goes with Nemean to the terrible place where he's been taking her. She um, goes, sees the Wolf Tower, uh,
0: this horrible lady of... Uh, uh, Iris? Princess Ironel Novendot. Princess
1: Ironelle, uh is in charge there, and her job is to roll these dice morning and night, and... Um, and
0: look in four these... times a day, right? It seemed so nightmarish. It reminded me of Lost. Um, I thought it was it at was dawn, noon, dusk, and midnight because they said that she would get oh. up and go to sleep. Okay, I
1: yeah. Um, she rolls these dice, looks in these like ancient tomes, and then dictates what the law is from them. Um, and the law is pretty much always terrible, and it seems like she's very corrupt and she's just saying random stuff to punish people and to benefit herself and nemian and then also just like revel in a cruel
0: treatment yeah yeah
1: like she makes one person dive to the bottom of a lake and up again forever like until they die um
0: or she makes
1: a child where a snail comes <laughs> to <laughs>
0: Including the shell, which Clady is. Oh my gosh. Makes a point to mark.
1: Yeah. Um. So Clady and then it turns out Nemean has like a super beautiful wife. And Clady's like, yay, <laughs> this is the worst. And it, she also finds out that that's why Nemean gave Princess Jazania the red flower it, to remind her like, hey, this is where I came from. Uh, I have to get Clady. Princess Gisania tells Clady, I forgot to say before she leaves, like your mother was a princess and your father was her steward. Mm-hmm. And that's why your parents aren't here because they were exiled. And that's why you have to be a slave servant because you're being like punished for that. And Clady isn't, doesn't know if that's true or not. And we don't know if it's true or not, but Princess Jasenia sent Clady and Clady is the one that came there so what Clady does, first, she's, she's out in the square and she sees these, like... Um,
0: Did you mention that she was sent because Jasenia is from that town? And oh, right. She, left, she promised that she would send someone to take on her duty of taking over the law reading. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, so that's the connection
1: there. And Clady, like, finds that out. She realizes it because um, Princess Ironel... Ir- Ir- Um, tells her like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Princess Chazania sent you here Mm -hmm. on purpose. And then Cliddy's like, oh, yay. Um, She's out on a walk because she pretty quickly realizes that even though there's a lot of strictures, she has just been granted a position of massive power and privilege. And so she just is like... Total authority. Yeah she's like okay I'm gonna go on a walk and everyone's like yeah okay fine we can't stop you and she's like out wandering around the city and she sees these fantastically bearded men doing like
0: uh, filthily bearded
1: yeah <laughs> filthily bearded like doing some sort of light based magic <laughs> trick and things. she goes up to them and she says oh it's you Argul and other holta and they're like yeah what are you doing here <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> we came to rescue you <laughs> And so she kisses Argul through the filthy, disgusting beard. Um, I just imagine them all looking like Gergi at this point, like <laughs> for like the black cauldron, and all just like <clears throat> it's very clearly remarked upon that the beards are like all encompassing like, and awful, yeah, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. And so Clady says, "Yes, I will go with you." Let me uh, um, bring down the horrible. <laughs> Let me just uh, ruin
0: this dictatorship. Right.
1: First. So she goes, she reads the law. Um, she says a bunch of beautiful things like yeah. this person should go light candles in their house and invite their neighbors over for dinner. And like this person should fall in love uh, sometime. Find something
0: fun to laugh at.
1: Yeah. Um, and then she burns all of the books and burns the dice and flees from the city um, to to the sound of laughter and happiness. Uh, and yeah. she goes with our goal and the hulta. And we don't have to I really appreciate that. We don't even have to see like Nemean and um, Princess Ironell because it's not about them. And I don't care what they're up to at the end.
0: Great summary, Madeline. Thank you. I'm proud. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. Before we get any further, let's talk about our old and new impressions. Um, We have covered a few books lately that we didn't actually read when we were young. Um, but this one is one that was in our lives for sure. I read
1: this one multiple times,
0: but I've never read any of the other books in the series. So I've always thought of this as a standalone. I don't think I knew that it was a series and because it came out in 1998, we may have had it just after it came out. So they may not have been other books yet. So I've always thought of it as like this very contained story and knowing that it's a series, it's like, oh my gosh, Clady's parents probably show up at some point. We probably get a better idea of the truth behind her entire life and genealogy and uh, adventures with the Holta and Mm -hmm. that just sounds really good.
1: Yeah, I can't remember if I read I think I might have read the second one, but I have no memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um I remember the cover cuz it's like there's like three women on it. Mm. And I I have no idea what it's about. I can't remember at all.
0: So, yeah, standalone discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but no, I just I guess that's my my main new impression is oh, huh, this is a much more involved story than I thought mm-hmm. it was. Um So I have always been a sucker for journal books. That is books that are the protagonist's diary that they are continuing from day to day.
1: Yeah. Especially when they comment during it, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I have to stop or like, oh, everything's boring uh, or like, oh, I have to
0: catch up. Like, I love that. I love it. That's how we get amazing lines like, oh, my God, even if you are a clock, please help me know what to do. Yes. (laughs) Um. And it, yeah, we mentioned in our last episode, the Royal Diaries. Yes, we did. Why did we mention it? Because historical influenced fiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, I loved the uh, Dear America Diaries mm-hmm. and the Royal Diaries mm-hmm. series, which were all written as journals. Um And it's such an accessible way to write a story. Um, I think it's really good for a wide variety of readers, especially ones who maybe aren't that excited about reading yet, um, because Mm -hmm. you get to be right there with the character in this very immediate way. They're talking to you. Mm -hmm. You are the diary. And Clady... Yeah. Makes a point of kind of personifying the journal reader and saying, like, are you even still reading this? I know this is stupid. It's tedious. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still enjoy that today. (laughs) I haven't read a book like this in so long. It was it was a super fun Um, read. Yeah. Really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and Clady herself, I think I'm probably more patient with today than I was reading this when I was young. Yes, definitely. Um, b- when you have moments where it's like, ah, oh, why are you doing this? I don't understand. Like, be smarter, be better. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Having some kind of more adult, I guess, concept now of what it must be like to grow up in this totally restricted, abusive, isolated environment without Mm -hmm. access to education or or anything other than propaganda about what the world is like Mm -hmm. outside of that, you know, single castle that you're living in. Yeah. is going to lead to you having some difficulties trusting yourself and your instincts and being unsure about how to move forward when you suddenly have independence and your own dominion over your body and your life mm-hmm. just the very act yeah. of making decisions which is something that Clady has truly never done before right um is going to be a challenge And I actually think, as we've mentioned a few times already, that she does a pretty amazing job throughout the book Um, in terms of trying to uh, it's not just a simple fact of being true to herself because she has to figure out who herself Herself is is. is, like fundamentally. She's never been allowed allowed to make decisions for herself before. And she's being fed information that's possibly false about who she is, Mm -hmm. um, about her parents, um and about who they were where they are things like that um Nimi, and it's obvious to the reader from very early on that he is not being uh, honest with her yeah. um that he is hiding something and what a what a
1: tale of like the privilege of being like an attractive uh, um noble uh, like aristocratic man of just like stumbling and like just literally rolling all
0: like limbs of flail through life and things just happening to work out for you truly like his his special abilities are okay one he can speak a lot of languages yeah. that that is impressive yeah. um two he can go to sleep anywhere at any time yeah. including during a, a sandstorm. And three, he can put away a lot of alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say that's it. Yeah. Um, and at first, I was feeling. I, I think I'm. I have less patience now as an adult for it, these types of books where the main character just isn't being given information by someone who is there with them at the time, and it takes the entire book for them to get any kind of. I don't know. Just it's like if i was on a quest with someone even a quest like this we would discuss what our goal was what was happening like what was going on throughout the day of course he's avoiding her like there are reasons why this isn't happening and she's scared to say anything right we so the thing is i oh go ahead well no i think you're about to say something
1: similar but like we have the like permission within ourselves to mm. ask those questions yeah. and to like go on fact finding missions for our own causes whereas she
0: doesn't yeah no totally and it it speaks to her powerlessness and also the way that her brain has been shaped by her mm-hmm. environment growing up yeah um yeah so i i I really, really enjoyed reading this and seeing the name Tanith Lee was like a lightning bolt to the heart yeah. <laughs> because I loved her work so much. And because she was so prolific, so um, prolific, she wrote poetry as well as novels and short stories. And in total, she wrote more than 90 novels and 300 short stories. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that at least a couple times she would, you know, when you're in
1: school and you have those books those big textbooks that are just full of like short stories and poetry mm-hmm. and I'm I know that I saw her name in those books and I had a hard time re- just because in that format everything seems so dry and awful to me even if those stories and poems were actually really good because I was in school and we had to like read it aloud yeah. in the class yeah. and like it was in that textbook that smelled like textbook it doesn't instill excitement no no even and if I you love reading right and I like thought of I thought maybe there was like two taniflis because I couldn't reconcile oh, that with, so like, funny. yeah, with these books huh. that I loved.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, um yeah. I oddly was surprised to find out she was an English author. Yeah, I don't I didn't know why she, that. but like, why do I assume she's American just because her work was so like easy to find in our schools and in our textbooks and things like that? I don't know. I think Clady talks like an
1: American English speaker. And things like she she doesn't use Britishisms.
0: Yeah, it's true. But I also think that Tanith Lee does a very, very good job of creating a distinct environment that feels Mm. like a true fantasy world that isn't rooted in our own. In either. Yeah. Yeah. I think this whole book reads like poetry mm. um, yeah
1: it's a very beautiful uh, written beautifully written book yeah
0: it really flows nicely and there is a there is an importance to every word mm-hmm. um yeah and I, I think the writing is is masterful yeah for something that could be pretty like a pretty straightforward um you know quest book mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it, it does become something more and Clady is ruminating on concepts of romantic love, familial love, trust, mm-hmm. religion, um, truth. Yeah. Uh the the meaning of human rituals and laws and whether they are all utterly random and insignificant, the way that she is so set on comparing each. Um, you know, groups, gods that she encounters Mm -hmm. to one another and trying to find the kernel of, yeah, universal truth. Right, and she's been like, well, which one is God with a capital G? Is there God with a capital G? (laughs) And it's so fun to watch her go from being uncomfortable even writing the phrase, my God, because she feels like it's blasphemous to being Mm -hmm. like, okay, what does that even mean? Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, I guess that kind of encompasses both our... (laughs) old and new impressions but i want to give you the chance to speak it on your dedicated impressions um i
1: i think that this time the first time i read this book like i remember when you said oh yeah we've had a request for this book from our readers and then it was exactly like you described that lightning bolt of like oh man this book yeah and it's part of the reason i love doing this podcast is because i I would maybe have gone the rest of my life without thinking about this book again, if not. And now I've been able to like rediscover it in a really special way. I, the first thing I said was like, oh, that book's really weird, right? (laughs) And rereading it this time, I didn't find it weird. I found it um, just really, it, it was very real. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I thought it was so weird when I was younger, because it didn't feel like fantasy in the way that it didn't feel detached mm-hmm. and um, a little bit esoteric mm-hmm. and most d- definitely in a different world. Like Clady feels, acts, talks, thinks like a real person. Yeah, and is. it that is messy sometimes, but it's conveyed in a really convincing way. And I think that's why I thought this book was weird when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, and also because I did not understand what was going on between her and Nemean yeah. at all. But this time it was
0: very, very clear to me um, And uh, I just... Yeah, like it's her first crush and it's on someone who is essentially kidnapping her but also keeping that all a secret. Lying to her about everything. And constantly trying to confuse her and keep her Mm -hmm. interested in him while also not moving the relationship forward. Yeah.
1: What a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: um,
1: I loved it. I was really, really glad that I had occasion to reread this book cuz
0: super awesome. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, um I thought that this book was a lot more complex than it could have been. Um like it would have been pretty easy to play a like a more straightforward adventure story. Mm-hmm. Um instead we get oh and this is what I wanted to say. Um instead we get something that so this reminded me of The Blue Sword quite a bit by Robin uh. McKinley. Um and also of uh, The Tombs of Atuan by Ursula Le Guin, mm. um and also of uh, the never-ending story in some ways. <laughs> like there are there are pieces from a lot of these beloved books that all of which we have episodes on, so check those out if you're interested. (laughs) Um, But it didn't feel like a copying of them. It's just I think some of the things I like most in fantasy that are all combined here. Like we have the journey through unknown lands where you're encountering different peoples and traditions, which is also very Oz-like, like Like the clockwork village especially. There's one um, city in the Oz books that's oh, similar to that.
1: Okay. Um, and well, and especially after a very like cloistered, yeah. uh, separate life where you thought that there was nothing
0: else. Right. Like Tenar in the tombs of Atuan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in uh, the blue sword, there is this unknown, par- like kind of unknown parentage and like, a return possibly to something that is fundamentally more you and more important to you than the environment in which you've been raised Yeah, and going from a place of orphanhood to a new family that mm-hmm. loves and cares for you. It's about making your own family, making your own found family. That's right. Um, and then as a never ending story, there are these um, dream-like feeling Places that sort of spring up around you as you journey forward. The second half of Neverending Story, the trippy half, is something. Yeah, about. the the trippy half <laughs> is right. The, yeah, when everything just <laughs> goes <getting hard>. wild. <laughs> um, and also, I love that Clady while there is a lot of talk about who she may be and whether she's a royal and her destiny and things like that, she actually falls into the camp of characters who succeed because of their own strength and ingenuity and not because of some gift or some inherent, you know, ability that's been passed down to her. Um, she's more like Kel from, uh, the yes. protector of the small books. Yeah. Um, where you are being thrust into these unfamiliar situations and you don't have the gods on your side necessarily, but you can make friends and work hard and figure out how to make it through. And in the end, I was really impressed by the fact that Clady not only burns the law and the smudges the dice and renders them unusable Mm -hmm. but she also uses the authority that she's been granted to technically change the law because she writes on the wall that the law of wolf tower is that the law is no more and technically doesn't she have the authority to do that? So like, even if there are people in that city who still feel trusting in the law, I feel like they would believe that they have been set free rather than that. Some like insurgent came in and Mm -hmm. ruined
1: everything. I think it is uh, such an amazing statement and lesson on using the power that you have, even though it might feel more like a curse than power to help the people who don't have that power really really awesome moral there and i i was like kind of blown away by like how simple and clear that lesson was because obviously when i was eight i did not catch on to what was happening there i was just
0: like yeah (laughs) cool no we actually get the line from princess iron elm um, when she is after she goes through her quote unquote teaching of how to read the law and Clady's like, OK, so she's either mad or there is no actual reading of the mm-hmm. law and it's all just nonsense. Yeah. And she's just making up whatever she wants. Um, and then she says to her before she uh, um, passes the full ritual and power on to Clady because she's ill. She says, I've never told you the reason for the law, have I? I must, since you're learning so fast and so very well. Random blows and insane adventures. The law copies life. Mm -hmm. That's so intense, (laughs) so dark, and I can't believe that that's in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is what everything has been building toward. And that's why in the end, Clady feels like Princess Ironel was actually Knowledgeable of the fact that Clay was probably going to do something Mm -hmm. like this, yeah. Um, and I just, God, it's such a good ending. Yeah, (laughs) it's really amazing. It's really, really with people celebrating their newfound freedom Mm -hmm. as Clayd rides away to her new um, family and life, sunset. Yeah, it's. I, I really, I really loved that and enjoyed it. Um. And this book is very, I don't know, I'm kind of, I feel like I saw reviews of it where people are saying that they felt like it was simple or like for too young a reader, which I just disagree with.
1: Wholeheartedly, um, I disagree with that. I think there is so much in this book.
0: I don't really know why Tanith Lee isn't like a more lauded fantasy author. Yeah, I don't really, and I think especially because this book did remind me of Ursula Le Guin and Robin McKinley, um, the Oz books, (laughs) L Frank Baum. Um, yeah. These like, you know, very important texts. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I I think some of it probably is that like inherent questioning that people have when it's like, well, not only is it a story about a 16 year old girl, it's also written as a diary. Like Mm. that can't be, important. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but as uh, Clady
1: herself would say, like, that's, you know, no, tear it up. Tear it up, man.
0: (laughs) And because of both of our feelings about religion and finding your own Faith and practices that mm-hmm. make sense for you, whether, yeah. rather 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 than subscribing to something that has been forced on you. Yeah. Um. I just really appreciated that ongoing discussion throughout the book, and I love the clock <laughs> that people worship in how is the Pashamba, Pashamba. Is how I think it was said I um, loved uh
1: yeah it made me think of Majora's Mask too Oh totally Another Zelda Another game Zelda reference. Two Zelda games <laughs> doing this episode That's what
0: you're here for. <laughs> and an Oregon Trail reference Oh yeah um yeah and Pashamba is functioning so well too and their religious system is like the most straightforward and also least harmful Yep The feathered village has like a Meesomars style pr- Practice yep. in every year. So, very me. somar <laughs> That's a lot. And the sheepers were cool. Um, but then it I turned out the way they were they trying sheep, to. But they don't, yeah, they don't care about uh, human life, seemingly. Um, gotta do it for the sheep. Yeah. Um, and by the time we get to, I, there's also an, a wonderful association of. Um, what is thought of as like rich or exquisite or fancy things is actually being um, repulsive. Mm. And I liked the way that we kept coming back to that throughout the book, mm. um, especially for Clady, who has been, you know, it's been sort of in her training mm. as a princess's maid to try to, um adore and in her own way worship these things Mm -hmm. but then she's talking about how ridiculous it is that the fashion is to wear silk tubes because no one can walk and they're spilling the special ritual oils on themselves Mm -hmm. and getting to something like the wolf tower at the end that city is really just gross for lack of a better word yeah they've built a I don't know, grand palace, I guess, in the middle of a swamp. Mm. Um, And everything is gray and wet, and the people that live there are miserable, and slaves carry them around on chairs. Um, And the slavery and servitude that is baked into each of the societies is interesting to experience through Clady's perspective, too, Mm -hmm. because she is... As she should be, uncomfortable when a slave is assisting her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's expected for her to be like a princess and just not see slaves as yeah, humans. Right. Um anyway, yeah. So just other complex concepts that are being introduced in this book that I appreciated.
1: Yeah. And I just, ugh, I'm such a but but I really wish there was an audiobook version because I'd really like to read the other ones now, but I don't, um, I'm really not good at sitting down and reading things. Like, I much prefer an audiobook format where I can do other stuff at the same time. Um, like, obviously, I read this one because I needed to for the podcast, but I just, yeah, if anyone knows of an audiobook version, although I did a pretty thorough search,
0: to drop us a line <laughs> I don't think there are audio yeah, me, neither. me neither I don't think these books are very like well known today which is a travesty reason. um yeah don't I don't know why I don't know. I don't know. But get out there and read some Tanith Lee. Maybe make a fan read version on YouTube
1: and then link it. Okay. That's yeah. Do me a solid.
0: Do that. There are a few um, anthologies that I've wanted to cover. Um, One is called The Green Man and it's a story, a collection of stories and poems about green man folklore and traditions. Um, And Tanith Lee has a story in there that I love. So yeah, I'd love to get to that soon. Shall we discuss pretend food? Pretend food. So coming off a pretend food high like over under Understone, it's, you know, we're bound to be a little disappointed. There is some pretend food in this book, though. That's not what I said, that there wasn't any. I was just oh. saying a little disappointed, um, especially because this book traffics in the type of food that is disgusting, yep. the type of, uh, you know, rotten, bad pretend food that you don't want on your pretend plate oh my god there was that (laughs) one protagonist was having to deal with it i think it was in the feather city where someone like
1: brings her food and then says something and so she's like i guess that's what it's called do you have that passage yeah i
0: have to um, we need to read that okay (laughs) yeah so a woman came up near evening and plunked a bowl down beside me or excuse me what is it i asked fearfully Germander pop, said she, or so it seemed. I tried the Germander pop, and it was obscene. (laughs) So no tenor for Clady. I just love that, like, it was obscene. (laughs) I really like her little moments in her diary where she's clearly trying to, you know, just build some humor into the situation by joking around with herself. Uh, it's great (laughs) yeah so germander pop no 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 germander pop for us there's a lot of foul smelling drinks that clady abstains from Um, There's the moment when she contemplates putting her hair washing liquid into her flask because Nemean doesn't give her time to refill it before they flee. Yeah, because
1: she doesn't have any water. So she's like, I mean, I guess that it's that or nothing. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: there is the sad, meager water that they have uh, to begin with, which Nemean guzzles all of. And the like food sticks that come from his. Oh, I thought they were like pills or something. You think they were more like protein sticks? Well, yeah, he definitely had like some amphetamines that he yeah. was giving to both of them. Um, but then when they get to Wolf Tower at the end and to his city, it's those same like nourishment sticks that are sitting around for people to eat. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, I guess this is, they're, they're on like that soylent, path you know they yeah, right yeah don't care about enjoying like this is their food sustenance and that's all and you need no and no pleasure of yeah. any kind um yeah the sheepers have a lot of sheep-based products including warm sheep's milk, which is, I mean, throughout the book, Cladia is pretty thirsty and yeah. hungry, so she's taking whatever she can get. And it seems to be the options are like sheep's milk, beer, whatever weird stuff the feathers are drinking. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. Not a lot of water out in the waste. Yeah. Um, I just thought of for some reason the, oh yeah, the twirly carrots that are growing in the jungle from the trees. That fall and splat and like drip sap on everybody but look super poisonous. No, but yeah, they seem, they're a trap. That's a trap. That's a trap. Um, And yeah, there's not a. Like I said, there's not a lot of enjoyment to be had from pretty it's much true. any of food, the food Food the is book. sustenance in this book for and, the most part. And often when is in a situation where there is like a sumptuous table laid out, it's because there's like a princess there who's saying something horrifying to her. So right. she doesn't exactly have the best appetite. Yeah, um, There's a lot of food being taken away as punishment when she's a maid. Um, yeah, food is not a happy force in this book, unfortunately. I really love when she like gets to Wolf Tower, she
1: finds out all of the stuff and then she's like "Welp," and she dumps her wine on the floor in front of yes. Princess Ironel and, and Neiman and is just like this is gross <laughs> they both just like stare at her like
0: I feel like that's also her beginning to test the authority that she has Mm -hmm. because that's like the first step before she gets to uh, like telling her slaves and guards to leave her alone and then telling her guard to give her his rifle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like give me your rifle. Yeah, can I hold it? And he's just like, uh okay. Yes. Yeah, here I get what? Yeah, uh, Clady does a great job with that. Yeah, Um, yeah. so so not a ton to report on in terms of pretend food. Um, I did mark down that the princess drank a glass of iced chocolate when she first meets with Clady, Princess Chazania, which sounds good to me. I don't know if that means chocolate milk, or I was thinking of it more as like drinking chocolate that... But you can't make it cold because it will just solidify. Because it's so thick. Um, And that tea also has things like uh, strawberries and painted dishes and hot cakes and bird biscuits Mm. and butter shaped like a rabbit, which I can get behind. But it also feels so sinister because that's what the house does. It's trying to create this like false environment of, oh, it's all so glorious here. And like you need to follow our rules in order to be able to enjoy it. I also loved the line when when Nemean and um, Clady are getting close to Wolf Tower and they're just like boating through marshes endlessly. And she says, Later, when we were in the hall of the shrine, a gloomy old place and no mistake, eating some gloomy bread and butter, crumbly, parentheses, gloomy, (laughs) cheese. Uh, that does sound quite gloomy. I, I was like pretty depressed by <laughs> part in the marshes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And I really understand why the Holta are like, yeah, we're going to roam around. We're not going to set up camp mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it for pretend food. Shall we select and rate our badass ladies? Yes. Who's gonna go first? <laughs> My baddest lady is Clady.
1: <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, and oh, uh, wow. I, I love Clady. Um, what a character. I don't know if I've liked a protagonist this much since like Aaron or Dane.
0: Like she, she's way
1: up there for me.
0: Especially because I, one of my favorite Clady moments is actually at the very beginning of the book when she slaps, when she slaps. Princess Jade. Um, the Jade, Jade Lee. Yeah, JDL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, JDL. Um, and pretends that it's because there was an insect on her face. Yeah. Um, but she does that before knowing that she is going to escape. Yeah. Um, before knowing anything she about just herself. Fed up. She just reaches her limit yeah and is possibly going to be whipped to death as a result but I'm still proud of her for doing that she's very subversive in a lot of ways yeah
1: and I just she's great she's my new role model
0: she questions what she's told. Yeah. And I think that is very important to have a healthy mm-hmm. skepticism in general, but especially in the situation that yeah. she's in. Critical thinking skills. That's right. Um, I rate Clay
1: D a star <laughs> because her full name is Clay star,
0: star and she is my Great star. Name. Oh, shucks. There's some really nice poetic descriptions of starry skies in this yeah, book, too, that are yeah. really beautiful. If you
1: haven't read this book and somehow reached the end of this episode, <laughs> both of those things are somehow true Check for it. you. Go read this book. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I think my badass lady, this is going to seem a little odd, but I'm going to give it to Princess Ironell. I knew you were going to give it to her. <laughs> um. So for a few reasons, I do think that she creates a situation in which clady can alter the law Mm -hmm. um i also think that she has had a horrific task we don't know what kind of law she was reading earlier in her life i'm not arguing she's a good person but i do think that she was driven to the brink by having to do this four times mm-hmm. a day and also I just be like i'm a poor sleeper and if i had to wake up every midnight and every dawn to do this mm-hmm. i would i wouldn't have people drowning themselves but i may do something like wait was this cladies what you said to put your children in loose clothes and play with yes. them yes
1: <laughs> take them outside with
0: their are well, I yeah, because exactly
1: like you said, like the yeah.
0: fashionable clothes are like constricting and yeah. horrible. <laughs> totally. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think Princess Charlotte is good, and I'm not saying you should model yourself after her, but she is a female ruler. <laughs> That's something. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. And she did this job for, uh, she says she's 150, but we think she's a good deal younger than that. Lady thinks 50. that she couldn't be a day older than 99. And she's got really cool dentures that are made of pearl and silver. Pearls <laughs> set in silver. <laughs> Not... Um, gonna be great for eating but, but she doesn't eat anyways are weak materials um she just drinks her disgusting that's d- the pretend food that we miss brown um, nog drink i think it's probably like a spinach smoothie or right. something it's, it's <laughs> green juice which i hate oh boy <laughs> okay well i i've been known to enjoy a green juice no i so hate green juice step up for myself here um it also gives me some gnarly tumbum so <laughs> at volunteer park cafe they have a uh, they sell it as like a little shot that is turmeric and ginger juice. I'm gonna gag. It's I, I so good. No, I, I hate so green good. juice. I can't drink caffeine, so okay, I like fair. Um, fair. to ha- find other ways to you know spice up my life. <laughs> Sad caffeineless life. <laughs> okay, so for my my rating for Princess Arnold is somehow the dice being destroyed a hundred years earlier so that she could have ruled in peace and
1: happiness
0: yeah okay yeah. just made of sticks brother just <laughs> kick it apart <laughs> It's an adventure time quote <clears throat> Uh okay so i think that is everything for wolf tower um thank you so much for listening thank you rachel for recommending we uh, r- thoroughly enjoyed this process um yeah If, as I said, if you'd like to make a request, you can find us on our website, dragonbabiespodcast.com. You can email us at dragonbabiespodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is dragonbabiespodcast, and our Twitter is dragonbabiespod. And we will now announce our next book that we're going to be covering as we do as a special treat for anyone who makes it this far our next book is going to be The Homeward Bounders by Diana Wynne-Jones our continued attempt to become the premier Diana Wynne-Jones podcast yeah. in existence coming at us so look out for that soon thank you so much for listening we love and appreciate you all and we'll be right back yes we will I'm Grace. And I'm Madeline. Until next time. Goodbye.